What's up, everybody? Thank you for listening. This is another episode of Modern Guilt. We're back after a short, unintended hiatus. Um, we've let you down. We know it's in our nature, but you know you can have too much of a good thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. We had an audio mishap, an audio fumble, so that happened. Uh, and the recording was shit, so you just would have heard my buzzing as I tried to. Um, work a different style of audio and we're not just going to repeat the same thing over again because that would just sound fucking stupid so there you go yes so here we are we're back if you haven't heard already we just uploaded a new episode to patreon for our subscribers apologies because the one half of the audio was also pretty rough for that but we just (laughs) you know we had to do it because you guys uh you guys are paying and we were like, fuck, we can't just not put an episode up. So, sorry. Uh, maybe we can do like an extra long Patreon episode next month yeah, um, sure. to, to make up for that. I think that's a good idea. We'll do that. Yeah. So, yeah, speaking of which, if you want to head to uh, Patreon forward slash Modern Guilt to support the pod, please do. For five US dollars per month, you can, uh, you can hook us up um, and get access to some exclusive episodes where we talk about stock picks and uh, economic slash market stuff. Analysis. Um, analysis yeah. analyses yeah 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 so do that and last uh yeah last month's episode was a good one but yeah anyway but you don't get to have it but uh, uh no 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 it was up we we uploaded it oh, was it? it just it just sounds like a wasp fucking taking a shit oh okay right it's just like horrible audio quality but Jesus Christ, whatever I'm so sorry uh anyway, it's okay yeah you have to forgive me because i'm an old man now I'm a 30-year-old man. I turned 30 last week. 30-year-old man. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Technology is eluding me more and more. And the world makes a little less sense, you know? Mm -hmm. I understand. Yeah, so I'm seeing the the world through a new lens. (laughs) I was chatting to uh, my girlfriend's niece and nephews and trying to figure out, like, how how they interact with other, I don't know, like teenagers and whatever. How old are they? uh, 16 and I think 15 or something like that. So it's like the prime demographic for, you know, knowing what's in and what's not. Yes. But uh, yeah, it's all fucking memes and bullshit. Um, Not that it was like that different, but it's now like, I don't know, people dancing around and fucking TikTok videos and shit like that, which is is a form of like communication, which is kind of, I feel like it's taking reality and turning it into this like self-obsessed narcissistic um you know like you're at the center of it and there's a background theme for every mood and there's no shame anymore either like the death of cringe has happened and that's probably due to like gen x just being so cringy in in them of themselves yeah see i actually think it's like the projection of the death of shame but it's like the the re-entrenchment of even more shame I think that the majority of these people producing this TikTok content are deeply ashamed. Yeah. But they feel as though they have to pretend like they're not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it's just some form of like self-flagellation and they're just whipping themselves every time they make a video. Exactly. It's, it's just like a nihilistic scream into the void. Yeah. Um, and subconscious, subconsciously, they all understand that their lives lack meaning. Uh, so they pile into the flame and pretend to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty well. I'll tell you one thing that is really interesting though. So as I got to talking to them, they started telling me about like these new ways that um, their mates are making tons of money. And it was <laughs> fucking fascinating because we didn't Let have- Let me talk to you about NFTs. Yeah, oh, no, 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 fuck that. <laughs> but like, uh, there's all these grips that people can do now that we didn't really have access to. Um, or if we did, it was in a way that, no, I don't think we did have access to them. So like one of them um, was telling me about how this mate of his was like getting pictures of chicks off the internet and then using that and selling it to like creepy dudes online and then taking pictures of like of um he was like buying feet pictures from girls at his school and then selling them to like dodgy fucking pedo weirdos 
Oh, on the internet. And he was making hella bank, boy. He was making, like he said, he bought a fucking car doing that. It's hilarious. I was thinking like, what if, what, that's such ingenuity, you know? It's such entrepreneurship in a time of struggle that you can like figure out that you can just grift the fucking creeps and pedos out of their fucking money. Um, yeah, but you see, the problem is that he's kind of not grifting them because he's selling them actual photos of real girls' feet. Yeah, I suppose so. So he's like peddling a legitimate product, which is kind of fucked up. Yeah. Is that illegal? I, I was wondering that. Does that... Of course it's illegal. Well, they know. It's like... It's consensual. The girls know? Oh, he's not just walking around taking pictures of random chicks' feet. Oh, well, you said know. he was buying them, buying photos of their feet off them, but yeah, I don't, them. you didn't say that he disclosed what they were being used for. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it was, it was consensual. Yeah, but, right. Uh, I, well, anyway, um... I was impressed. I, the, the whole point is like grifting pedos and weirdos, mm. um, I thought was... Uh, and like good good that that's a new market that's available to our young people because there's so much that has been taken away <laughs> oh man <laughs> the key word nihilism yeah just yeah, like yeah. embracing the void yeah that's like a com- total like acknowledgement of the fact that you're just born into a cursed generation <laughs> and yeah. there's like nothing good that you can derive from it so you just sell feet pics yeah yeah you're either like yeah, uh, buying the feed picks, or you're selling the feed picks, or you're donating your feed to the feed picks, and the uh, unvirtuous cycle of like mass pickery content online, you know? Yeah. And like TikTok, there's a weird thing, it's like they knew all about the fact that TikTok was just flooded with fucking creeps as well. And yet it's sort of like, oh yeah, but that's just the way it goes. You know, that's just like, <laughs> like you want to engage in it, then you have to be comfortable with the fact that somebody's like ruthlessly and, and probably angrily masturbating on the other side of the um of your video you know yeah um, well i guess that's that's life right oh, you know, wherever you go there's there's some predator you know <laughs> um yeah i would i would be like strangely flattered if someone was masturbating to modern guilt yeah angrily sure fuck little pricks yeah fuck you you fucking cunt your faces oh fuck damon he's a cock ah. <laughs> yeah I don't yeah know what you guys are doing it's good healthy <laughs> well i guess if we can um we can be the christ of podcasts and um sacrifice ourselves for the redemption of all of man yeah. then like if we can be the podcast being that that uh absorbs the masturbatory um instincts of of listeners then i would like to be that podcast i'll be a martyr oh yeah fuck it's gonna happen you know and and like the um the pain and suffering and the sins of the unlaid uh, you know, <laughs> so vast and it's its own speculative bubble. That's actually, it is a speculative bubble, eh? Uh, it's, it's just boiling up and it's going to pop over. Um, I think yeah. that's what Michael Burry was alluding to in his latest tweet, in fact. <laughs> speculative bubbles. It's worrying to think about how much, how much masturbation must occur to Red Scare. Oh, this easily 50% of their audience, I'm sure. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, Dash's film came out. I want to see it, man. Yeah. It sounds really good. Yeah, yeah. No, it does have me. Mm. Um, um, for the listeners who aren't aware, The Scary of 51st uh, just debuted at the uh, Berlin Film Festival where she won the prize for Best New Director, I think, which is pretty cool. Um, so, I think plays of those film festivals on, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess they're managing, which is I, nice. Yeah, yeah. I kind of assumed that, like, the entirety of the world was just getting out of lockdown and everything and where it was just going to be film festivals via Zoom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um speaking of which i saw a quiet place part two recently which was insanely good all right um would recommend and holler at your boy it's a fucking viacom film dog oh really oh shit. <laughs> yeah man so it's got to be paid for <laughs> yeah so you know went to the movies with wifey paid myself to see a movie <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is um a great thing about owning stock uh, <laughs> I only go to see Panasonic movies. Yeah. <laughs> Paramount movies. Yeah. Paramount, yeah. Um, but that, but A Quiet Place Part 2 is like crushing the box office. So yeah. that's nice. Okay, uh, sweet. And rightfully so. It's an outstanding movie. Yeah. I would implore all of our listeners to go and see it. Um, that'd be good. I haven't seen a movie of virtually any kind or any media in so fucking long. I just kind of like burned out on the whole field it's like oh god it's also derivative and like obnoxious nowadays you know well there was a period as well where like you know barely anything came out um, that's probably it as well they like imagine. production was halted for like a year in the united states and whatnot when the pandemic hit so there's only just now and, and a lot of films were delayed as well because theaters weren't open so 
they're starting the slow trickle of good movies again, um, which is nice. Yeah. So uh, retail workers are quitting at record rates for high-paying work. My life isn't worth a dead-end job, quotes. Retail huh. work drained from the pandemic and empowered by a strengthening job market are leaving jobs like never before. Americans are ditching their jobs by the millions. The retail is leading the way with... Uh, with the largest increase in resignations in any sector, some 649,000 retail workers put in their notice in April. The industry's Jesus. largest one-month exodus since the Labor Department began tracking such data more than 20 years ago. Some are finding less stressful positions at insurance agencies, marijuana dispensaries, banks, and local governments. <laughs> I wonder if that's a soft dig. I bet it is. You know, How's a marijuana dispensary not retail as well? But I don't know. Whatever. Uh, that's a, that's an excellent question. It fucking is retail. It is retail. So, anyway. yeah, they can get fucked on that. Um, where the customer service skills are rewarded with higher wages and better benefits. Uh, others are going back to school to learn new trades or waiting until they're able to secure reliable childcare. It was a real dismal time and it made me realize this isn't worth it, said 23-year-old Allison Potts of Freesboro, Tennessee, who left her $11 an hour job at a national pet chain in April to focus on writing and art. Jesus fucking Ooh. Christ. So, uh... Man, I believe we were talking. We we were ahead of this. Uh, just to fucking jerk myself off live on air. <laughs> like <laughs> um, we were chatting about this like earlier on a few episodes back that this was essentially occurring across like every field as well, not just retail. And the classic thing that's happening right now is that Dems are uh, quietly starting to try and remove unemployment benefits in the States and conservatives are loudly trying to remove unemployment <laughs> benefits in the States. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, the whole, you know, give them no alternative but to work. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, that's fucking interesting. Hey, I'm wondering if like, with the removal of retail workers and the absolute refusal to pay anyone um, a halfway decent paycheck, you know, mm. what's going to occur on the back of that? Yeah, it is interesting. Um, it, yeah, I wonder. It's, it's bizarre because at the same time you have like these like, you know, supposedly transitory inflationary pressures. Um, and I believe that they are largely transitory just for the record. <laughs> now people will probably be whipped into a fervor about that, but whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, like pushing up the price of all products um, across the supply chain. So, like, I wonder what the the impact of that, along with, well, I mean, I guess the labor shortages just plays into that whole dynamic, yeah. um, probably making shit more expensive. Well, I think it's like it is way more expensive, and I think a lot of people in these jobs are just kind of realizing the massive grift that they've been subjected to for ages. Um, Oh, 100%. I've like kind of saturated my brain in Adam Curtis's latest doc that I just finished last night, uh, which I'd highly recommend checking out called Can't Get You Out of My Head, that has talked about like, uh, like just how much finance and large tech and just, you know, all the fucking industries that you're familiar with have essentially been buying up everything and making absolute bank on assets while cash is just burning away and becoming meaningless almost. Um, transitory or not, it's like... You can't deny like asset inflation, which is just going through the fucking roof. So that's sort of like slow segues uh, as, a, as a soft introduction to what I was going to um, chat about, which is that BlackRock, uh, the largest asset manager in the world, has been buying up entire neighborhoods. Now, again, we were chatting about BlackRock, I think it was a, several episodes ago, when they were starting to move into um, trailer parks. And they've been buying yeah. up entire trailer parks for the yield, for that sweet, sweet fucking trailer park yield. Uh, and that was pretty alarming because they're they squeezing tenants and they're pushing people out and they're making them inherently sort of like unaffordable, as well as trying to enact this like rental um, slavery. Yes. I did it. <laughs> and that's essentially what it is. It's like, you know, they're just locking people in. They don't have anywhere else to go. And they're jacking the rents up. And so they're living like totally on the bare bones of their ass. And any equity that they might have had, you know, by holding a trailer park or doing it up or whatever, uh, is now just sort of like getting bought out by BlackRock entirely. Um, and other, I should also mention pension funds and other asset managers. BlackRock's sort of like the villain of the entire thing. Um, but this is by no means specific just to them. This is like all asset managers have been flooded with a fuckload of liquidity um, post-COVID and pre-COVID even. Interest rates have just been nothing for so long that they're now hunting down uh, yield. And the concerning thing is they never really went after property in, you know, 
like directly before is always through like REITs and stuff. Whereas yeah. now that they're starting to like buy up entire neighborhoods, uh, shit's starting to move. So they've been paying 20 to 50% above the asking price in these neighborhoods to buy up these houses. So they're totally seeing this as like, it's essentially like buying up a fucking long-term bond and you just realize that it's just going to pay out for like a totally, you know, <laughs> forever, basically. Um, so in addition to that, this is largely under their like wealth redistribution plan. So you're like, oh, maybe they're buying them up and then there'll be some sort of like, <laughs> you know, rent to own or something like that. Yeah. No, no, no. No, 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 no. They're buying it up under this whole great reset idea, which again, we talked about like several episodes before. Um, yes. With this whole like, oh, you don't need to own anything because we're moving into the rare uh, sharing and renting and like, you know, everything's a subscription model economy. Um, so this is all part of their open plan, by the way. This isn't a conspiracy theory. It's not like it's like, oh, fucking BlackRock's planning all this shit. They're like legit just like, oh yeah, we're trying to move into, uh, what is it, multi or single family rentals sfrs um yeah and well they'll just be renting it to a family forever and so there's been this like long series of wall street journal articles uh talking about like how this is a good thing and there's one article that i don't have in front of me right now that i totally should have but for whatever reason i don't um that was talking about how like millennials don't even want to own a house yeah yeah what a fucking nightmare The World Economic Forum has recently started like a weird sort of comms campaign with the, the slogan, you'll own nothing and you'll be happy about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is yeah. fucking wild, man. So dystopian, eh? It's just yeah, like, yeah. So, I mean, the big reason, like, if you are out there and you're like, well, I don't want to own these fucking assholes, what are you talking about? Um, fine, that's whatever. But the traditional way of passing on wealth for ever you know is buying up assets and the best asset to buy because you can leverage into it is a house really you can leverage buy in you can use other people's money your asset starts generating money and then over a 30-year period you have enough to either like sell and retire or maybe you can leverage out and buy another one and then you know that's sort of like your retirement story it's nice and safe it's like you know can go tits up but not in a major way it's not like you know it's gonna fucking disappear and have a value of zero it's not like you're YOLOing uh, 90% of your portfolio into a speculative biotech stock. No, no, <laughs> nothing, <laughs> nothing like that. No, bro, it's not speculative. It's a sure thing. That's what I tell myself every day. But <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's pretty fucking nasty. And the long-term goal that BlackRock has been stating is that they wanted to shift away from bad investments. So they're under this whole like ESG thing. And if you... Um, yeah, ESG. Oh, oh yeah, sorry, the thing was paused. Uh, yeah, so if you have been investing recently, you might see this stuff everywhere. ESG, which is, uh, hold on, let me actually fucking get the acronym sorted for that. Uh, environmental, environmental and social, social governance. governance. Nice. There yeah. <laughs> How cute is that? Um, so they're under all this pressure to, well, they say they are, you know, they say they're under all this pressure to basically combat climate change. Climate yeah. change is our biggest concern and move away from bad investments like tobacco and guns. Yeah, um, but you see, um, if I can just interject, like ESG is actually like a really useful vehicle for actually um, taking more power and control by framing their investments as like considerate or philanthropic or whatever. Companies are actually able to like dictate like the, the terms of discussion around their business practices. Oh, so like yeah. they will like engage all of these stakeholders in like environmental talks or whatever um and they set the agenda they set the talking points they're the ones that um talk to the media about their um, esg initiatives so the media then are communicating those initiatives to the public which com- completely like um frames the conversation in the way that the company wants the conversation to be framed in terms of their esg goals so then it becomes not a matter of like, is this what the company should be doing, but is what the company is doing good or bad? Mm. Which is, yeah, yeah really oh, fascinating. God, how horrible is it as soon as we get into cancelling companies off the back of ESG? It's like, <laughs> it was such an effective tool to shut down discourse on, you know, Twitter and uh, those like nasty filmmakers. <laughs> I'm still going to watch Woody Allen movies. I don't give a fuck. Um, 
<laughs> but uh, you know, canceling companies because they're not ESG focused is such a pile of fucking bullshit. Like, because at the end of the day, this isn't like you know you you can't get away from impacting climate change. It's not like even investing in huge amounts of housing is going to help. There's so yeah. much transportation involved in the building of one house. You know. Like the fucking materials, but anyway, that's the point. I think it's just it's such an obvious grift uh, and a way to like pool money in somewhere and you know wave a little stupid flag around your little fucking ESG flag. Uh, so that essentially is the big plan: is that there's going to be this large shift to them just renting out permanently, and the houses won't be for sale, and you know, or even if they are, they're going to be exorbitant in price. Um, that'll lock so many people out. So I was listening to the Blind Boy podcast that had a whole thing, which was really good. That's like one of the first times I've checked it out, but uh, my girlfriend showed it to me. Yeah. And they had a whole thing on uh, housing in Ireland and they had this housing expert on. And back, they had a little history there that back in the day, you could get a loan from the council uh, to get you a house. Yeah, right. So the whole advent of banks being the ones to lend you capital to buy houses is actually large. It isn't uh, how it always was done, which I was actually quite surprised at. I didn't realize that. But, um, you know, the Thatcher reforms as well as the Reagan reforms and as well as all these other sort of like, uh, you know, like conservative leaders was largely to put that into the hands of banks that were meant to come along and make things even more accessible to more people, you know, <laughs> um, which has happened in New Zealand. There's been all of these attempts by the government to try and like, flood uh the housing market with available houses that has been mm-hmm. constraining the supply um massively and it's a huge fucking issue here i was just listening to this like radio show this morning talking about the same thing where uh they've enacted all of these uh new rules that essentially means that you can't write off um interest uh anymore as a tax write-off so you have to yeah. pay it I'm, I'm not totally familiar with that so i'm going to shut up because i'm going to botch it but but effectively they're trying to make it harder but the the central problem remains the same. It's a fucking nightmare to build a house. And if you have huge amounts of money, then you'll just go and grab the yield because it's better than like, you know, paying a million dollars for a house and renting it out at a 2% yield um, is still better than having it sitting in the interest, uh, earning interest, which has been flat for fucking ages and ages and mm. ages. So why the, why the fuck wouldn't you? Especially if you can do an entire neighborhood and constrain the supply. And one of the things that was mentioned on the pod, just well firing fucking off you was <laughs> like the uh one of the asset managers essentially released an article that said the biggest threat to our um profit line with these housing investments is the introduction of you know basically lots of social housing or public housing um yeah. uh initiatives <laughs> yeah yeah i can imagine yeah that really fucked their shit up so just while you've been talking i um pulled up another article that i came across during the week that or maybe it was the end of last week that you just reminded me of um on bloomberg titled america should become a nation of renters oh yeah and, i read that one yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. probably read it so yeah. basically the crux of this this article was that the um previously high liquidity in the housing market and well currently high liquidity in the housing market as well leads to a higher premium on the cost of homes um so by consolidating these assets under like the ownership of groups like BlackRock or institutional investors or asset management, etc. They can keep the prices lower, rent them out at fairer prices, making housing more affordable for all of America, Um, which is pretty grim. I don't. Yeah, but they would just raise the yield. Of course you would, because you have fucking, you know, targets that you need to meet. And they don't know any of these people. If you're late on your paycheck, like, you know, it's not like you know the fucking landlord anymore. Even if he was a scumbag, you at least knew who he was. He's not some fucking suit in Wall Street, you know? Yeah. Um, there was an interesting... Uh, oh, I can't find it. There was some interesting quote that I was going to read, but that's okay. Yeah. So um, that is a... And, and I'll, I'll just spelling it out really fucking clearly. Uh, is like, there goes the one for people to basically secure financial freedom in the long run. I mean, obviously there's still stocks and still other shit that you can buy and all that sort of crap, but like you can't really leverage into that stuff responsibly. uh, And the majority of people can't do that either. So it's like, that's retirement going for an entire generation, basically. Millennials are getting fucked. Gen Z is getting fucked. uh, Gen X is probably getting fucked. um, You know, and it's just like, that's it. Um, And realistically, the majority of people 
can't even really invest in stocks with the idea of that being their key to generating wealth either because they don't have the time to do the DD. You know, you and I are in like fortunate positions. Yeah. Most people are working like 40 to 50 hours a week in a job that exhausts them. Yeah. And then like doing the bare minimum to like make their lives enjoyable outside of that. They don't want to look at fucking charts. No, fuck no. And if you look at uh, just pulling up, pulling up SPY over the long run, you know, yeah. if you started investing in 1993, which is, I don't know if you can math that out for me, Hater, but. <laughs> what do you mean? 18 years ago? Is it 18? No, it's 28 years ago. Sorry. <laughs> it's more than that. Um, it has gone up 840% in 28 years, you know? Yeah. So just think about the fact that like 28 years of work to try and compound that fucking thing, mm -hmm. you know, it's just insane. And then by the end of it, like, yeah, sure. You, you have obviously more than you started with. And I'm not going to scoff at a 840%, no, 840%? Wait a minute. Yeah, that's what you just said. Yeah, 840% return. Um, Like that's good, obviously. But it's just... uh. It's a it's a long fucking time to try and generate wealth in a, oh, in a reasonable nice. fashion, and it's highly unrealistic. I feel in this job market as well, because you know you, if you're getting constrained on the fucking like ability to make money because salaries suck ass, and your yeah. only vehicle to get ahead is just putting money into the S and P five hundred um, over a twenty eight year period to try and eight fifty seven percent it, uh, and provided we have that sort of return over a twenty eight. Yeah, that 28 year period like, on on yeah. the topic of this kind of bullshit i was looking at my like superannuation which for our like overseas listeners is essentially like in australia your government mandated retirement fund uh which your uh employee has to make sorry your employer has to make mandatory contributions to and which as an employer an employee rather fucking hell um you can you're forced to make contributions to it and you can make voluntary extra contributions. So I was just checking up on mine this afternoon and my superannuation fund offers me a 2.5% per annum return, which is That's so fucking so offensive. <laughs> and you know what is fucked up though is that I legally cannot withdraw my funds out of my superannuation account and invest that myself. Mm. Like I could literally just put that in the fucking S&P and, and do better than these cunts. And what's even more offensive, and like this is the case with a lot of other like ethical investment funds and shit as well, is that these pieces of shit are charging you money to give you shitty returns. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they get fees. It's fucking yeah. Wild. And like, yeah, yeah. and speaking of like the con that is ESG, you know, case in point, because like I'm with uh, a superannuation fund called Super, uh, sorry, Future Super, which is Australia's largest ethical investment fund. And I moved mine over maybe like two years ago or something um, because sadly, these guys actually were offering a better return than I was getting from my unethical investment fund. But <laughs> unethical investment fund, that's yeah, whatever you fucking call it. Regular investment fund. Yeah. Anyway, so these, these motherfuckers hit you with the green marketing, man, and then just take your money and give you a shitty return and then are like, happy retirement. I'm going to take my fucking shitty Kiwi. I've got the same thing here. It's like called KiwiSaver and I can't really do much with it. Yeah. Um, other than put it in like government mandated funds, which are all bullshit. And yeah. realistically just being used to buy up houses. I mean, a lot of it is in real estate, funnily enough. It's yeah. that the banks take the money and then they just fucking invest it in REITs because they're just, you know, they produce a little yield and then they lock you out of the market. So you're just getting like, <laughs> I'm getting gangbangs, you know, and I'm not even enjoying it. So it just fucking sucks. Um, but yeah, I'm going to take that money and just blow it on like, I don't know, anti-government propaganda as soon as I get access to it. Wouldn't it just be nice? Siggies. Because the government hates Siggies. You should try and get yeah. a Marlboro sponsorship. <laughs> I would love to get sponsored by Marlboro. <laughs> That'd be sick, hey. I've been vaping yeah. a storm up since I, I've decided that I'm okay with that. I'm just going to fucking vape um, and consume nicotine products from now on. Sadly, I don't think we even can legally be sponsored by Marlboro, though. That's fucked up, man. Oh. You can't even, you can't even like host a cigarette ad advertisement on your own podcast. That's so shit. It's so sinful. Yeah, that is because I'll tell you, uh, views uh, <laughs> highly recommended. I fucking love it. Great views. Thing. Yeah, thirty-four oh. milligram, 
fucking nicotine pods. Boom. Right. Chaining it. You know you can't even buy nicotine vapes in Australia? That's so fucking lame. It's disgusting, eh? <laughs> what an infringement on civil liberties. Yeah, fuck that's toxic. Yeah, oh, it's fucking God. atrocious, man. Jesus Christ. Like, you can't buy nicotine vapes and charging, like, ludicrous capital gains taxes on stocks. No legal marijuana. This country is a fucking dump. Yeah. Give us, give us what we need. Uh, I could just, like, see this horrible future where they start locking out investments as well. Like, you're going to have to take a course before you can invest, otherwise you might lose money. And they're trying to oh, protect sure, the retail yeah. investors. You know, it's so fucking offensive, man. Like, this whole hand-holding thing. And, like, you know, investments are good. Bro, it's the fucking economy. It's not good. <laughs> it's impossible to be good in the economy. There's no fucking way. Show me one company that is not involved in the horrific production cycle that is the global economy. You know, none. Apple will have to buy metals that are most likely getting mined by, like, you know, four-year-olds in the fucking Congo. It's just, like, you can't divorce yourself from it in no way, shape, or form. And, and to just be like, oh, yeah, but we're not in Sugis anymore. They were good. They employ people. They pay them a reasonable rate. In fact, they were, like, employing people all across the Midwest. Have you ever seen photos of, like, the size of the holes that the children in the Congo have to climb down to, like, get cobalt? Yeah. Are they big? Pretty gnarly, man. No, they're very small. All oh, right. Yeah. Maybe I'm actually thinking <laughs> of the the wrong metal here. Um, but the Congo is rich in a lot of resources. But there's one particular mineral that requires people to climb into these like coffin-sized holes and just like do a shift in one. Um, and just it's pretty grim. But That's um, fucking so grim. Hey. You know what's not fucking grim though? And people will probably like. I don't know, throw their hands in the air and say, like, what a load of shit. But the work that RECAF, Reconnaissance <laughs> Africa, is doing in Namibia is not grim, man. They've, yeah, um, <laughs> they've um, just drilled four freshwater wells for tribes people in Namibia, in the region where they're um, doing their exploratory drilling. Yeah. Um, and they've got licenses to make 16 more wells. They've earmarked $20 million for, like, um, social development programs in Namibia and um, have set aside 1.6 milli for um, COVID vaccines for the local people too. So if you're not up on what recap is, uh, we talked about it on the Patreon episode. Um, oh, yes. Is, uh, Hayden was telling me all about recap. And frankly, I'm dying to get in. I'm dying for uh, some ability to reshuffle my deep, deep investment in humanogen. Um to get into that sweet Namibian oil drilling. Who's that yeah. motherfucker that was anti Leo, fuck off. Leo. Leonardo DiCaprio, yeah. Was, <laughs> Leonardo was, DiCaprio doesn't want you investing in Rika. That's why that when alone it, is enough of a reason for me. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. I, I've already, like, spoken about this on the pod, I think, because, like, this happened, like, ages ago. But the fact that Leonardo DiCaprio has, like, the hubris to jump on social media and try and tell me what to invest in it infuriates yeah. me. It makes me want to turn him into a, a shish kebab. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, they, Put him on they, a stick and cook him. They can have their fucking loser little soy games from, you know, ESG and their, like, little soy investments. Um, but, you know, <laughs> fuck that. I'm going after some big dick oil. Yeah, I bet Leonardo DiCaprio T-tasty. invests in Oatly. Oatly. Oh, yeah, he fucking would. The fucking oat milk company that's been valued at, like, $10 billion. Yeah, nightmare. Nightmare. Fuck, fuck them all to the end of time. Um, yeah. Oh, man, the dude makes some good movies, though. I've got to hand it oh, to yeah. him. Sorry, Leo. I, I hate your ideas. I love your acting. Did you um, hear about his uh, cherry vape thing? His cherry vape? No. What's the deal? Uh, um, allegedly... There's been a slew of women rallying against Leo because they'll have sex with him and he puts on a pair of headphones and his glasses and rips on a cherry vape while they ride. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm familiar with this. Yeah. Yeah. So he vapes. So, you know. Yeah, I bet he doesn't. I bet it's not a nicotine vape. (laughs) There's this. These women are actually in breach of contract, though, because he makes them sign NDAs before they fuck. So he's suing them all. Make sure that they're investing in the right um, investments as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a, a disclaimer. Or what do you call it? A um, a waiver. <laughs> Before yeah. I enter you, you'll have to promise to liquidate your positions in ExxonMobil. <laughs> <laughs> and have 20% allocated towards Oatly. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, good stuff. So uh, that sucks. Um, BlackRock is really shaping the fucking uh, world that we're going to be living in. So this is like the early days of this story. It's going to be fascinating to see how it develops. Um, the massive amount of spending is like you know I, I think watching Burry come back on the scene and start worrying about you know talking about. Uh, speculative bubbles and the last time i don't know if this is the episode that we lost i think it was um i was essentially presenting the fact that south korean crypto and forgive me if this was like aired or already or whatever but south korean crypto traders effectively are just seeing that or you know the south koreans in general are seeing crypto as yeah, like yeah. one last shot they're just yellowing and yeah senselessly because it's like that's the only way it's just it's like this widespread lottery system now it's yeah. just throwing cash at these speculative investments and hoping that they pay out. And if they don't, you're in the fucking same place you were before. Which is like, as much as I don't care about crypto, and in fact, I've got my own little bit of uh, another article that I just read on the back of it um, that I think is reasonably interesting that I can present. Yeah. I, I just wanted to interject first and yeah. talk about this like um, 2018, uh, I guess, like media run that BlackRock had where they started talking about gun control. And like, I totally understand the argument for gun control in the United States. And I think it's like really sensible because mass shootings suck. But I also completely buy into the argument for the freedom of citizens to own firearms as, as a, you know, a protection against tyranny. And this is exactly the sort of tyranny that people need protection from is BlackRock buying up every fucking house in the United States. Um, oh, so, yeah. like, BlackRock used um, the smokescreen of a mass shooting in Florida as um, a platform to announce that they're going to um, curb their investments in companies that manufacture and distribute firearms and also um, start looking at ways that they can use their voting power as shareholders to um, influence... Uh, gun control so like they're trying to just strip more and more power away from the everyday person you know oh and the companies themselves wild yeah that's crazy you know like the fact yeah. that they're going to be influencing corporate decisions because they're effectively if, if uh i'm sure we've covered it before but if, if anybody's wondering who the fuck these guys are they're meant to be passive investment managers so they just buy up every asset and sit on it yeah. and they don't actually care what the company does but the fact that they actually want to influence it is not good at all <laughs> And for those who aren't aware, the, the largest asset manager in the world, um, they uh, own and manage $4 trillion worth of assets. No, more than um, that. It's 12. Oh, okay. There you go. $12 trillion worth of assets. Thanks, BlackRock. Yeah. Um, so anyway, if, if anyone uh, lives near a BlackRock office, don't hesitate to take a dump on their, uh, their doorstep. Yeah, they'll probably buy For me. Up. Yeah, they would be happy to buy your <laughs> shit. Um, and tell you where to put it next time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So they are effectively trying to curb guns away from people, which is funny, you know, because for a company that's meant to be largely passive and not influence anything, um, mm -hmm. the CEO, Larry Fink, I think is his name, yeah. uh, is like notoriously loud about a lot of fucking different issues. So it's no surprise to me that they're like, trying to basically uh dick around with everything yeah speaking of notoriously loud ceos when is jeff bezos going to space uh next year oh really that's a shame i thought it was sooner i've been looking forward to this not because i like and support what he does but just because it seems to be a funny story yeah like i i well yeah okay um, he's so clearly did... like hateful of elon um you know, and like living in his shadow, I reckon. I reckon oh, it yeah. Eats at him inside the amount Absolutely. of secretly. Yeah. Um, Elon probably fucked his wife. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of people have. Did you see his like, his like, <laughs> his penis shaped rocket? No. Who, Elon? Quite a, no, no, Bezos. I'll send you um, an image oh, yeah. right now. It's um, quite striking. I have just sent it to you in Signal. That is very dick-shaped, eh? Yeah, it's phallic as all hell. Yeah, right. Well, but, I mean, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Us, you know. yeah. If it's phallic rockets that uh, allow us to travel to other planets, then that's okay. Yeah, I do kind of like the fact that he's, like, moving away from Amazon and, uh, you know, 
trying to get into uh, space travel and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, me as well. Um, and I think on a previous podcast, you and I talked about the fact that Blue Origin seems to have just like done nothing and just been like this stagnant, shitty project. But um, we're totally wrong about that. They just haven't been publicizing it. Yeah. Well, they're so they're like dumb memes. Yeah, yeah, they're like well and truly ready to go. Um, so that's kind of cool. I like that. Um, I think more competition in the, the commercial space sector is awesome. Um, and uh, hopefully once it gets um, fully developed, the US government can just seize their assets and give them to Lockheed Martin. <laughs> <laughs> if Lockheed Martin's even allowed to exist under this ECG, ESG shit, you know? Oh, man. Well, yeah, it makes you wonder. But um, I think it's fine if they're selling environmentally sustainable like missiles. Environmentally <laughs> pride missiles. Yeah, like the LGBT the, friendly ones. The children that like mine the minerals that these missiles have been made from are all gay, so yeah. that's fine. And they don't drive cars, and that's a good thing. You know, they yeah. use bikes, which is much more sustainable. Yeah. Um, also, consume very little water, which is great yeah. for conservation. Um, yeah. What else we got here? Um, man, I'm a oh. Yo. Fuck, this could have been like a whole thing into it in itself, but um, we should talk about um, Biden and Putin. All oh, right, I'm not even up on it, so uh, fire away. Yeah, right. So um, on the back of the G7 summit, which was its own farcical fucking shit show, where there was footage of world leaders like posing for photo shoots while socially distanced, and then like 30 minutes later, touching each other and like breathing on each other at a barbecue which like i don't care yeah. about but just to just save us the hypocrisy you know like i don't want yeah. you to socially distance and i also don't want you to whatever just fucking be normal please yeah. um so like that was its own shit show um biden made like a really vocal and concerted effort to rally the g7 nations uh, against china he tried to get um, the other countries in the G7 to agree to form a uh, counter to China's Belt and Road Initiative, which was an environmentally sustainable infrastructure development program, uh, which he like framed as being this thing that is going to happen. But all the other countries were awkwardly kind of just like, uh, yeah, like, yeah, we'll talk about that. Probably not going to do that kind of thing. Yeah. So for those who aren't aware, the G7 consists of the United States, Canada, Great Britain, France, Germany, and Italy. Was that seven? United States, Canada, Great Britain, France, Germany, Italy, and Japan, right. um, which are the, uh, the seven largest um, developed economies in the world. Uh, it was the G8 until they kicked out Russia. Um, China has never been invited. So that's why they're not what in there. Fucking bunch of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just a bunch of fuckwits. It's like um, just a bunch of like inner city yuppies who don't want to like invite people to their party because they're not like I don't know lame enough. Yeah. Anyway, so as a um, on the back of the summit, Biden went a, on a little dip diplomatic trip around Europe, uh, including Turkey, uh, which included a a meeting with Putin, from which there are outstanding photos that just show Putin essentially cock-slapping Biden into submission. Um, um, Biden went into the meeting holding like a scrunched up shitty little piece of paper that he had his notes written on so that he could remember like where he was and who he was talking to. Um, and there's this outstanding photo which, you know, I'm sure is just um, fortuitous and only captures one instance so it's not completely, uh, you know, all telling but where it shows the difference in the body language of putin and biden um i'll find it right now and send it to you i remember seeing one where putin was looking really pissed off and like um this may be the same one um but it's funny because it shows biden with his legs like tightly folded looking like super uptight with his arms kind of like drawn in over his chest which you oh, might yeah. know no, listeners um, yeah. is like a classic sign of, you know, like fear or nervousness or a submissive posture. Whereas Putin's just um, laxing back with his legs spread wide like a boss, um, just yeah. not stressing. Um, and basically on the back of this, um, Biden's uh, address, addresses to the media were fucking woeful. He was fielding questions from his pre-approved list of journalists 
that um, his press secretary allows him to speak to, um, like we're not living in North Korea. And yeah. <laughs> um, we're just taking like, like 10 second pauses in the middle of this press conference, just staring into space and drooling like the geriatric <laughs> fuck that he is. And essentially just made the most spineless display of diplomacy that you could have imagined. I think it's hard to hard to see this in any way other than Putin just having his way with him, yeah. Um, yeah. which of course we would all expect. Um, that is exactly what fucking happened, you know. We recently also had Kamala Harris's miserable trip down to fucking Guatemala to um, get get to the root of the immigration problem on the ground. So lame. Yeah, so because they like just fucking opened the southern border and now there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of illegal immigrants just crossing the border every <laughs> month. <laughs> like everyone's saying like what the fuck, Kamala Harris, who was like heading their immigration task force. Yeah. Um so they the White House was like, Yeah, you better go to Guatemala. Like, so it looks like you're doing something about this. Yeah. <laughs> Where she just talked about like uh, women's rights and LGBTQI issues, inequality being like the root cause of all of the illegal immigration out of Central and South America. And <laughs> fucking imagine. <laughs> it kept using the, the phrase on the ground. She's yeah. like, you know, I'm just, we needed to just come here and assess the situation on the ground so we really understand the problem before we just close the border like we did before, um, which yeah. is pretty hilarious. She looked so fucking out of sorts. Yeah, well, I mean, LGBTQI issues uh, presented to anyone other than like the fucking thousand Chinese bots on Twitter and the other <laughs> thousand actual fucking, you know, mentally ill people that spam it. It's just so fucking irrelevant. <laughs> Nobody cares. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Man, Especially yeah, if the, you live um, in fucking Guatemala. Holy shit. The starving people in Guatemala who are being driven out of their neighborhoods by gang violence don't yeah. care about fucking pride month man yeah. <laughs> i can promise you yeah i don't need your gender studies there and uh <laughs> while we're while we're in central america we also had uh was it nicaragua or honduras um uh make bitcoin an official currency oh it's el salvador el salvador yeah, my bad it's the same guy that got on taco um, yeah yeah <laughs> so whatever um, <laughs> so many yeah. fucking assholes on twitter like posting photos of themselves in el salvador just arrived in el salvador gonna spend some crypto uh, so annoying eh? although yeah. i have to admit if i had put all of my money in back in the day when it was like yeah. you know whatever the fucking price if i was a bitcoin rich motherfucker um i would probably be that obnoxious and i would just spam on twitter constantly about bitcoin and i would fuck around and like no you wouldn't yeah well I would, it's I not like would. you at all you would no, i mean i'm saying that but I, yeah i guess you're right i wouldn't <laughs> Yeah. Um, actually, no, I would hate it, to be honest. I don't even like GameStop anymore. I'm going on the record, by the way. GameStop fucking sucks. I think it's stupid. It's way over. You're already on the record, dog. Am I? Oh, God. Yeah, man. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure if I'd said it on the pod before. No, Fuck we've GameStop. done this. Yeah, all right, yeah. It's just, like, you know, there's so many charlatans involved now. And same with Bitcoin. It's a complete sham and, and everything else, you know. Uh, yeah. I was looking into smart contracts um because i saw some fuckwit on twitter basically being like smart contracts are going to make lawyers you know superfluous in the legal process and uh they're going to create law and so i was like oh, okay i look into it and it's like this whole idea of using um writing a contract in code that automatically you know fulfills upon reaching certain agreements yeah just if you're like never talked to anyone in your life or signed a contract before or hashed a contract out with someone before um that might sound good to you you know but if you're like a normal person that lives in the real fucking world you would know that like contract negotiations are uh necessary um so you know when it comes to contracts the, the hard part of the contract is the hashing out and making sure that the terms are met right which is always great right it's not codable you can't code that like if if i'm investing in you um and you know let's say you're running like a painting business or something i say like, okay hayden if you like you know uh open up a new get into a new territory then i'll release another 50 percent of my funds into your painting business mm. um it's very important that that's not in code 
Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I also I also don't understand why smart contracts are a necessary replacement for a normal contract. They're not. It's just fucking morons. The only way they would be, which is funny because IBM has been pushing them really hard, is that they allow one party to have a very strict set of rules that you could write into code, in which case it's only a true or false sort of fucking outcome to it, which is like, you know, if that's the contract you're signing, then that's not super necessary. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, if, if you're signing a contract that like doesn't require, um, you know, much gray area and it's really straightforward and stuff, then the amount of work that goes into that contract is probably so minimal. It's the amount of work that goes into fucking writing the code for a smart contract. So who fucking cares? And it's not mm. exactly like it takes a huge amount of effort to dispense funds. That's also pretty easy. So it's like they're automating the fucking easiest part of it and they're trying to keep the actual nuts and bolts of the contract really really strict right and that would benefit someone who has a lot of bargaining power i think and just wants to essentially create a contract you know that that, that is totally one-sided and rigid and inflexible anyway fuck yeah. smart contracts I mean, uh, <laughs> you're this, not gonna the whole lawyers. <laughs> like, the whole thing just like reeks to me so much of of not 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 a scam but just these people like they're essentially fucking shysters, man. These people who are who develop new quote technology to like I don't know enhance or revolutionize something that we already do pretty well. Like contracts and lawyers exist for a reason, and it's fine. They serve their purpose. Like we don't need everything automated away. Like these people do such a great job of conning the masses into justifying their own positions. You know what I'm saying? Like software engineers yes. creating false needs for society just to keep themselves like employed and spin off the next fucking shitty startup that nobody asked for or wanted but yeah. whatever it's just totally. going to keep on happening so anyway oh yeah 100% and and it's like you don't even want that future the future that you're imagining that arises from there is not a good one it's a fucking horrific dystopia where there's no ability to change contracts where it's all this like nightmarish uh bureaucracy you know and it will the control is not going to be held by everyone fuck off look what happened yeah, it's not decentralized man no it will naturally get centralized and you know who's going to be really good at doing that lawyers <laughs> <laughs> fuck lawyers the way to get rid of lawyers is to have less laws you know to have more fucking hashing out of contracts between people not by like you know i don't know some stupid third party script that you know if, like are you going to be able to read it the code to figure out the fucking contract yeah yeah i fucking wouldn't be yeah. <laughs> ah, well, okay. we are just a bit over an hour, so we should start to wrap it up. There we go. This was unstructured and aggressive, but fun. So yeah, I hope that um, this served as a nice therapy session for those listening. Yeah, um, after the uh, HGen price action, if anybody's ooh, still following us on the back. Yeah, the testosterone was was pumping in uh <laughs> with high velocity yeah. admiration for morning. the uh the hgen troops on twitter they are ridiculously active i cannot fucking fathom how they have so much time for the uh stock you know and the dd is is high quality too um the hgen gang does a wicked job of uh unearthing new info as it as it rolls out so keep it up don't stop Absolutely. um for those of you who um are interested or are already subscribed please let us know if there are any stocks that you would like us to look into for our patreon episode because we'll be doing another one next month like we mentioned earlier at the start of this episode um so we love to hear your suggestions we've had a lot of we've had a couple of pretty cool suggestions that we have found really interesting so please reach out um otherwise we're gonna just do something boring and dumb like walmart and you'll hate it um just kidding we won't <laughs> privatized prisons and unethical investments is what we're gonna fucking do yeah but yeah also <laughs> suggestions you know. yeah i want to get the fucking anti-esg portfolio going so maybe we can look into that that's actually like a pretty good etf idea yeah, Fuck, <laughs> yeah. that's a cool idea man wow that's it together all right um the modern guild asset management group that's uh, that's trademarked now all right don't don't steal the idea someone will someone will do it before us but yeah whatever we all, all right in ciggies and fucking uh, not enough weapons <laughs> yeah um and russian nickel mines and propaganda. built on the back of gulag prisoners russian propaganda um, Fuck yeah. yes um follow us on twitter i'm uh at why worry underscore oh wait damon is guilt underscore modern 
Uh, other than that, we're done. So take Peace. care. Keep on rocking in the free world. See you later.